Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast production. Please visit our website at cspn.us for more episodes of Beer It Is and for ways to keep our podcast free for you. Hello, everybody. My name is Tobias Fullborn. The name of our key is Here It Is, and I am in Hateville, GA. You can hear the planes flying by overhead because we are literally a stone's throw from the airport, and I am at Arches with two of the Arches. My man Jeff, my man Jamie. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Doing good. Good, good. All right, so, man, let's get started, man. So, today, this episode typically drops on Mondays. We're recording on a Saturday, so we're here getting ready for the Georgia-Florida game. And there's a special beer out. And my man Jamie has something to do with that, man. So, Jamie, tell us about that beer. Tell us the name. Tell us what it is and how it kind of came about. Sure. So, the beer is called A Keg Divided. Um, and it's basically a collaboration between Arches and Bold City, which is a brewery in Jacksonville. Right. By the way, that's where the Georgia yep. game is being played. And that's where it's so shout out to that. Yeah. So that's, that's the uh, largest cocktail party. Uh, in the United States, as far as I, I'm aware, nice. I've never been to it. Man, um, it's a really awesome scene. Um, the last couple of years, I typically go for a couple of days. Like I just got back in town from just being there for a day, just kind of checking out the scene, and it is really. You should go one time, Jamie. Right, right. right. Particularly since you're cool with the Bowl City guys. So, right. kind of tell us about how the relationship came about. <clears throat> so we hired a guy, uh, Christian, uh, is our taste is our uh, sales rep, and he came from Bolt City, so he was looking to get back to Georgia. Um, make a move, and he was currently working in the tasting room at Bold City. So we uh, picked him up and hired him, and he became our sales rep uh, and market success guru. And nice. so he had the connection with Bold City. So we started talking and realized that this would be a good opportunity to mix the two up. So we have uh, our standard peach pale ale recipe, mm. uh, recipe we've been doing for a beer we've been doing for a couple years now. And it's sort of a uh, pale ale flipped upside down, so we use the peaches to get the bittering, uh, and we don't use as much hops as you would in the nice. standard pale ale. So that's one that we, we do with, uh, with whole fresh peaches from Georgia. So that was, that was our contribution to this collaboration, and then obviously they have a citrus pale ale um, that they use orange peel in. So we sort of threw the two together, and the brewmaster over there and I got together on the phone and worked out a recipe that would highlight both the peaches from the Georgia connection and the citrus uh, from the Florida connection. Nice. And that's how the collaboration uh, beer started. Rep your set, man. That is beautiful. And then, tell me about the ABV on this beer. It's a really beautiful beer, man. So, uh, you know, traditionally our peach pale ale used whole fresh peaches uh, locally grown here in Georgia. But at the time we brewed this, they were no longer available. We had that late frost uh, that killed a lot of the peaches or or, or basically declined uh, our peach stocks <clears throat> so we went with some peach purees Ooh. and uh orange fresh or, or the uh, orange peel and then also an orange puree okay. uh, that went into secondary so we got those uh fresh from a i, I don't remember the name of the company but basically that was how we were going to get the peach and the and the orange citrus flavor in uh so we brewed a five percent beer and then at the end uh when we added the peach purees and the orange puree, it boosted up the sugar. 
Oh yeah, the sugar added yep. to the ABV. So it yeah. ended up being about six percent. Wow. Um, and you know, now that I'm sitting here tasting it, uh, I am. At first, I didn't get a whole lot of the peaches. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's foreshadowing or not. That you know, the, the, the <laughs> result of the beer is more citrus, which could indicate a Florida win. But oh. now that I'm now that I'm sitting here drinking it, I'm starting to feel like Georgia has a chance here. There we go. And it, 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 I'll tell you what, if Georgia can't beat Florida this year, man, it may be a long time before they beat them. So, Jeff, man, tell me what's going on with the brewery, what's coming, and we'll, we'll start from that. What's coming up next for the sure. brewery so far? Uh, so we recently got into canning, right? So we, we've hired a, hired a place to come in and, and do some canning for us. So All we right. scaled. So you got the mobile canning line coming? Yep. Yeah, they right. come in. Uh, we, we bring a few guys. They bring a few, few guys. And... Uh, get that knocked out but we've scaled up our southern bell our unseasonal and our queen's vice as our mm-hmm. first releases in cans uh so those are kind of hitting a larger distribution in the market giving us some some shelf space uh we had a great design team come in and, and work the design for us uh so that's been a big move for us and that scale up to a 20 barrel brewing system um then we have started barrel aging some of our higher gravity beers uh for Specialty releases, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but we're going to be doing uh, bi-weekly releases starting in late November, early December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Jamie, tell us about those bi-weekly releases. What are they going to be like? So I, I believe the first one that we'll have available is the it's a Russian Imperial Stout. It's been aging um, for about eight or nine months, and then we put it into um, Cabernet, Cabernet uh, nice. barrels. So okay. that finished off. Uh, the robust end of that beer, it gave it some, um, although the, the smoothness of eight months of, of storage, nine months of, of uh, conditioning, really smoothed out the alcohol end. Uh, it's, it's, it's a 10% beer, so that really smoothed it out, and then by putting it in the barrel, added another dimension to it, really. It gave nice. it a little bit of that back, but uh, it does end with a, with a nice uh, Cabernet finish. Interesting. And then why Cabernet for the aging on that? Uh, well, I mean, Cabernet is one of the strongest reds out there. I mean, if I'd have had maybe like a Malbec barrel, I would have used that. But uh, the strong, strongest I could get was a Cab. And so it really rounds out a strong beer like a Russian Imperial. Well, yeah, we, we, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, why wine as opposed to bourbon? Because bourbon sure. so popularly used in stouts. Yeah, for for us, we, we got a really dark roast character and coffee character out of the Russian Imperial stout. So, you know, you get that kind of boozy bourbon character in there or that whiskey barrel character with the oak. It would kind of add to that sharpness on the back end. So we went with, you know, we've got a dark coffee and chocolate character coming out of the Russian. Let's add a red wine and give it a little of that plum kind of stone fruit character in it as well. And so you really get uh, a rounded out plum flavor at the back end of that Russian Imperial Stout. They go really well together. It's kind of a, it's almost velvety at the back end as opposed to that really I like it though. That's, that's fun. I mean, because like that's different. That, that almost it, it sounds like Christmas time, and I guess that's mm. kind of what you guys are going for as we're hitting the end of October, going into November, into the winter months. That's right. That's right. Build a really strong beer. Yeah. Nice. So we've got four of them that'll be coming out. So we have that is what we're going to launch with uh, on the first one. Then the other three, uh, we have a Belgian quad. Nice. You said bi-weekly. What dates, by the way? Um, you know yet? It's up in the air, but it'll be over the the end of November through December. Nice. Yeah. Holiday gifts. 
Yeah, yeah. Message. <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, so we've got a, a Belgian quad, so it's already got a lot of that. That uh, Belgian, oh, that is definitely Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah stone quad. fruit. So that one we did actually put in whiskey barrels to give it a little bit more bite. So it's got a lot of the Belgian candy sugar, that sweetness, that smoothness. The alcohol's mellowed out over the last nine months. Mm. So that we wanted to add a little extra bite in with the oak and the whiskey. Uh, we put our milk porter into a Zinfandel. Uh, Zinfandel. Cast. Wait, Zinfandel's a white wine, right? Uh, well, it can be, but this was this was a red. This was a red Zin. A red Zin. Yep. Okay, so. Yep. So you went with the Zinfandel, cause that, that sounds like a little, little different, a little interesting, fun choice. Tell me about that, man. So Zins are typically a little sweeter, and so are milk porters. So we wanted ah. to accentuate that sweetness. This again is an aged milk porter. It's it's about eight months old as well, um, and it's lost some of that sweetness from the lactose. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Although lactose is unfermentable, it's not as detectable as it was eight months ago. Mm. So that Zin helped to to. Fill in the gaps left by the sharpen it a little bit. Yep, and and gave it a little bit of sweetness. Okay, so then now you mentioned the stout was a ten percent. And I remember earlier, I think we talked off stage. The um, Belgian quad was right at thirteen point nine, which is the Georgia legal limit. Yep. So it's like right, right, right at, at that, right at that edge. I mean, you guys pushed it, but you kept it under. You know, for the people in Georgia who uh, <laughs> listen and watch, they kept it under the limit. I tested myself. Um, <laughs> what about the porter? What's the ABV on that one? Uh, it's, it's a stand. It's our standard it's milk yeah, porter. Yeah, yeah, it's a standard milk porter. So I'd say it's around six point eight, and then it didn't pick up any additional alcohol through this process. Oh, so. nice! So it's just gonna be nice and smooth and yep. just fun to drink. Yeah, it's not like a like a year long aged casking process where you would end up evaporating out some water and concentrating the alcohol. It was a, a shorter characterizing, you know, bringing that characteristics out of that barrel, transfer it in, transfer it back out, uh, and then the last one we have, uh, we took our Southern Bell which is a Belgian single age with South American hardwood. So it's already got a lot of wood character, a lot of tropical fruit character. And we pop that into a uh, bourbon barrel. So we're going to oh, get okay. a, little, a little tropical coconut and then blend that with that bourbon oak characteristic too. So that's going to come out a little bit boozier, uh, probably right around 7%. Nice. And Southern Bell, that's a really fun beer already. So the barrel age, you add the coconut, man, it should really make that beer a really interesting balance. Sure. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. You go ahead. You about to say something? Oh no, I was just gonna say yeah. It's a it's a very uh, it's a very robust flavored beer, and so that's one of those things that it's already it's already in the upper tier of what we do with, with a lot of lagers. We've got a lot of very balanced, mild flavors, uh, a lot of subtle European noble hops, and the Southern Bell kind of pushes us to the edge of our kind of wild flavor characteristics. And this really kind of pushed us out further into the edge of, you know. You're going to love it or you're going to hate it, but it's certainly going to taste like something you haven't had before. And I will tell you another place we can love it or hate it each and every week. Here on Beard is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn, and I'm here at Arches in Hapeville, GA. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause. My producer, Classic, is going to tell you about our good friends at Amazon and how they help keep this podcast free. When we come back, we're going to come back with my man, Jamie. We're going to come back with my man, Jeff. Two of the arches. There's five arches. We got two of them here. They're going to tell us a little bit more about the brewery, what's coming next, what are they doing, and how do they get started and do all this fine beer they do here. Stick and stay. We'll be right back.
Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit our website at cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Amazon link, and then you can shop for all kinds of great stuff with Amazon's awesome two-day shipping. You can even sign up for Amazon Prime and get free two-day shipping and access to even more great deals. So, whether it's for music, movies, jewelry, school supplies, Halloween costumes, you name it, Amazon's got it, and you can get it shipped right to your door in a matter of days, or even one day. But all you gotta do to keep our podcast free is visit our site again, that is cspn.us, cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. A portion of your sales will go towards helping to keep our podcast free, and you will get great service from Amazon. It is a win-win for everybody. So once more, cspn.us, keep our podcast free, and then shop at Amazon. Do it today. boys and girls welcome back to beer it is once again my name is Nubias Wilborn we are here in Hapeville Georgia at Arches Brewing and I'm with two of the Arches of this brewery my man Jeff my man Jamie so Jeff real quick tell us what Arches means so we started brewing uh, Jamie and I did about about 12 years ago when I first moved down here to Georgia um, and he's got this wonderful you know single-story bungalow in East Point right down here in Tri-Cities East Point and uh, and we started brewing in the kitchen, uh, and his wife quickly threw us out of the kitchen. Yeah, uh, we ruined one stove. Um, and then we started brewing on his front porch, and he's got these these gorgeous stone arches on his front porch, and that was always our view out to the world, and the world's view to us. It, it kind of encompasses our opinion of, of what our beer is—a blending of old world and new world. We got some timeless architecture. Um, it really kind of had this very stable, balanced element. Um, that we want to bring to our beers and our character. And then when you look at the, uh, the logo we have, he had four arches at his house. There's five pillars. There's five owners here at Arches. So each one of us represents it. And uh, without any one of us, the whole st- structure would crumble. So uh, kind of blends that stability and classic architecture. What we want to do with some old world loggers here, uh, that really kind of inspired us. And then, Jamie, for you, like, knowing that and seeing that, like, what does it mean when you come in here every day and you see that logo? pretty it's all inspiring to me uh to think that we got this far uh with just the love of beer mm. and i mean the logo is is cool in and of itself very simple but it means so much to the five of us so awesome. it's really cool to keep 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 it real and keep living the dream and by the, and by the way since the other guys aren't here tell us who they are tell us how you guys kind of came into contact with them so basically we we when we were brewing on my porch, we had three of the five uh, already in place. And our head brewer, Greg Mickle, he was there. Shout out to Greg. Yep, shout out to Greg. So he was there uh, for the last five years of brewing on the porch, and he was always, you know, designated he was going to be the head brewer. Like when this when this brewery finally happened, he was going to quit his job and he was going to be the head brewer. So we had three of the five in place, um, and we had we had chemistry under control. We had. 38 recipes ready to go, tried and tested through friends and family. Uh, we have the chemistry down. We've got the water down. And so really we're looking at starting a business, but we don't know a lot about business. So <laughs> we went out uh, and started searching for both a, a marketing uh, person or entity 
and uh, legal. And we found those in our final two pillars, Ryan Fogelgren and Daniel Beer. And B, his last name is Beer. P-E-E-R. Love it. Fantastic. So, so Daniel's our, our legal advisor. Uh, he's our attorney. He's also a pillar. Uh, and then Ryan's our marketing director, also a pillar. So that, that rounded out the company. Uh, we, we hire out very little. Mm-hmm. It's a family job. So, like, Jeff, I got to ask you, man. So, like, what are meetings like with the five of you guys? Because, I mean, Jamie and Greg are construction guys. You're a scientist. Um, my man Beer is a lawyer. Um, other guys are marketing guy. I mean, different types of type A, type B personalities, mindsets. What's it like when you guys all sit down together? Uh, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we all come together over the thing we care about the most, right? So we, we love this place. We love what we're doing. Uh, and we all see that. And it's, it's, it's kind of what I imagine, speaking of the Georgia-Florida game, what it's like to bring a football team together, right? You don't want a football team with 12 quarterbacks, right? 11 on the field and one coach, and that doesn't work. Right, and it took us a while to work through some of those differences. But now, what you end up seeing with us as a team is, uh, we've each got our lanes. We each have our expertise. We'll chime in. I have an idea for for a marketing event or a sales event, but Ryan's the one who makes the call. So I'll pitch the idea to him. He'll take that input and he'll make the call on what makes the most sense for the business. And it's cool. Like it, it works out really well because it takes the pressure off me to have to also be a salesperson. You know, I don't have to learn what I need to learn about the legal side of it because I know Daniel's got that covered. You know, Greg's in here every day knocking it out, making sure grinding, everything's right. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely grinding. Some days actually grinding when we take some metal off some of the tanks. But um, but it's great because we each have our own designations, our own lanes. Jamie's Jamie's the head here, and he, he's got his hands on everything, but he's got enough confidence in each of us to run our portion, gives us a task, lets us go and execute it. And, and I think the thing that really worked out well for us is once we all sat down and realized what we needed and what we wanted to get out of this uh, and we saw that commitment from each other now we have that trust that Jamie asks me to take care of something in the lab he knows it's going to get done it may not look the way he would have built it uh, I may use Calibri font to make the, the spreadsheet he may have wanted Times New Roman uh, but that's not that important and he knows it's going to get done the way it needs to get done we hold each other accountable uh, I've never actually worked with a group of people who are more self-responsible Every single, every single one of us takes responsibility for our wheelhouse, and you don't need to call somebody out for a mistake because they've already called themselves out for it. It's, uh, it's just a super dynamic group. So when the five of you go out to dinner, who's the least likely to pick up the check? Arches. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, then from there, just like, but what is it like? Like, are you guys still all friends? You guys still all kick it? Like, how do you guys like? separate the work from like the friendships you guys would have had to develop kicking it on the porch yeah so i'd say that we are all also friends um but we we developed our friendship over building out the tasting room which was an eight-month process that we did ourselves um there was and it's it's more about friendship it's and it's 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 well it's less about friendship but more about trust at this point so mm-hmm. at the beginning when we started building out the tasting room, there wasn't uh, enough trust. Like it, everyone was still very guarded. Yeah. By the end of it, it was perfectly normal to hold a nail while someone else pounded it in the wall. Um, and so the trust was built. It's, and then there's sweat and, equity. Yeah, friendship is yeah. is it's it's always there, but that the trust is is much more important than the wow. friendship. Because you can have you can have friends. I got friends that I don't necessarily trust, 
Yeah, yeah, they're my boys. Like, we can go kick it, we can go have a beer. Right. But uh, I wouldn't leave my wallet around you. (laughs) I wouldn't leave, you know what I'm saying? That's real, though. Well, and you know, we've gotten to a point where we, uh, you know, we went, we're through the trust and we trust each other enough that uh, when Greg and I, who both graduated from Michigan State University, remind Daniel and Ryan, who both went to the University of Georgia, that they've never beaten us in postseason football, uh, it's all good. Spicy, I like it. You know, good luck with Florida and all, but you know, we'll see you in a bowl game maybe and we'll see what happens. Woo, I like it. Exactly. (laughs) Let's see, that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, but, but again, like, I feel like in general, particularly with guys, like, if you can't bust the balls, I mean, who can? That's it. And speaking of ball busting, <laughs> we're going to transfer there a little bit into the new laws of the tasting rooms. How do you guys feel those things are playing out right now? I think that everybody, every brewery in Georgia is struggling to find the balance between what is the right price. Um, I, you know, in general, I think as a consumer, you could go in and get a pretty hefty buzz at any brewery in Georgia for about ten bucks. Right. But you know, prior to. But you know, you were relying on that brewery bending the rules in your favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that it's it's more about a single pour, uh, every brewery is trying to trying to figure out what works for them. Do they want to take the time to do flight? Do they want to take the time to do small pours? Do they want to take the time to do full pours? Uh, and what is that what does that cost? Um, and one thing that I don't think a lot of consumers realize is we have a lot of friends around the corner. We have a lot of bars that a lot of bars and restaurants that have supported us uh, during the lean times, mm. uh, during the during the uh, selling tours only. Right. And so, you know, when you go into a brewery and you expect uh, to pay a little bit less, you got to take into account that around the corner, we've we've had support through restaurants that we don't necessarily want to just undercut. Yeah. Uh, so. I think everybody's right now is struggling. We are, we are struggling with what is the right price point to make everybody happy, including those supporters that are right around the corner. I would imagine, like, and that's the thing, um, when I go to, I've been to pretty much every Georgia brewery I've tried to since the new laws have come into the fold. And what I'm noticing is, Jeff, like, I'm noticing the volume of people are, are, is less. Mm-hmm. I mean, because let's be real, I mean, those 10, 12, maybe 14 bucks at the most, you get to keep the glass. You get to get hammered a little bit. I mean, that's a win, right? Like, now, you know, like I was at a brewery and they're selling, and it's a good beer. Um, you know, seven bucks a pour, four, eight ounce pour. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's worth it. You know, barrel age, it's worth it. It's, a sure. worth, it's sure. worth the $7. But you had people in there like, I don't know. But you would pay that at a bar. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, something that I've noticed is, is at least here, we made a differentiation with the tickets where it was, you know, one pour per ticket, six ounces per ticket, get your 32 ounces, your your uh, your legal limit under the old laws. Uh, but we'd struggle with things like, hey, if we barrel age this, if this is high gravity, we put so much more money into this, how is it worth one-sixth? Uh, mm-hmm. So we would do, you know, two tokens or two tickets for, for a high-gravity beer, and they wouldn't move as quickly. But now I think with that restriction removed, People will look at the board and say, "Well, I'll try a, I'll try a short pour of that for three bucks, no right. problem." And so we've actually seen some of those more niche beers move more quickly. Yeah, um, I think we're also seeing a lot of sales out the front door with the ability to take a case. Uh, before it would be, you know, you could take your seventy-two ounces of to-go beer on a to-go tour, um, but there wasn't that wasn't a heavy impetus to show up to do that because if you're going to have a, a case for the Georgia Florida game today, for example, at right. home. You have to show up here four days in a row to walk out with that. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, now you can pop by pop Friday up, of 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and it makes it easy. And you can have a pint while you wait. Like, hey, you guys put the case together. Well, let me let me figure out what I want to drink. So give me a flight, and then I'll pick pick which ones I want. Or maybe I'm going to say, hey, let me get a six-pack of Queen's Vice. Yep. Let me get a six-pack of Southern Bell. Let me get a six-pack of whatever have you. <laughs> and then kind of mix them together and put together your case. Yeah, and that's what I think, I think as you said, we're seeing, you know, I think most of the breweries in Georgia are seeing a little less traffic, as Jamie pointed out, which is pretty clear. Like, while you could cut prices drastically that's harmful to both yourself it's harmful to other local businesses so finding that that magic price point uh is in there but i think what we end up seeing is that people are tending to spend a little bit more than they had historically so Mm. it's evening out on the books for now but some of the differentiation is going to come from things like we had a a pop-up last night with uh local musicians you know it's a musician Mm pop-up uh today we have the event for the game we're showing the game we've got uh you know Got some people coming out doing some artwork. Nice. We've seen other other breweries in the area doing things like yoga night or community nights, um, different educational events. I think that's where you're going to start seeing it become more of a community location versus you know a two hour destination to get your tour and your board and then get out and go on to the next place. Oh, and Jamie, you mentioned something about the biweekly um, releases. We'll make sure we kind of got that in there. Sure, sure. So w- once we start releasing these uh, these larger beers, these barrel aged beers, they're going to be available for about. A week to 10 days and then we're going to bottle them up into 22 so if you if you miss the initial release they will be available until you know limited quantities until the bottles are gone so that we can put that next beer on the tap for the following release right so they will be bottled and they will be available even after their release dates so you can try it before you buy it but if you don't get it on tap you can still get it in a bottle and you can share it with your friends or whatever have you. Or, sa- or save it. Or save it. These beers will store for a year or two. And see, that's important. I'll tell you another place you can stick and stay and you can store it. It's here on Beaters on the CSPN Network. We're going to come back and do segment three, our favorite segment, our six-pack of questions. We're going to ask Jamie and Jeff six questions about beer, about life, and see how it goes. It's going to be fun. We'll be right back. Beer it is. Yeah. No, if you're going to get asked Hey everyone, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown and Collars Podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation. And to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. For you, the listeners of the Beardist Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. With your membership, you can choose from such awesome titles as... The Autobiography of Gucci Mane by Gucci Mane. Slobberknocker, My Life in Pro Wrestling by Jim Ross. The Missed Adventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae. And What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is for your free audiobook.
Alright boys and girls, once again my name is Tobias Wilborn, we're here on Beer It Is, here at Hakeville for Arches Brewing, talking to Jeff, talking to Jamie, two of the five pillars of this fine establishment here, and we're going to do our favorite thing, it's called a six pack, it's just six quick fun questions about beer, about life, and dreams and aspirations. So, normally I do one person, we're going to do two, so we'll ask both the same question. So, first question. If you could have a beer with any four people, for you guys, non-founders, any four people, who would it be? And we'll start with Jamie. I could pick any four people. Any four people. To go have a beer with. Yeah, not, not non-founders, because it's too easy to say, oh, yeah, that's four guys. Okay, well, one would be my grandmother, who's no longer with us. Right, dead or alive. She, yeah, she never had an Arches, and she really needs one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if she was a big drinker. Anyway, my grandmother would be one of them. Uh, second one would be my wife's, I say she's the third mother. She's also never had a beer, but I'm, I'm working on her. So if I could get her to have one, I think it would change her, her outlook on life in general. Um, the last two are going to be tough. Uh, I'd pick my dad because he's been a huge supporter, and he's a, he also started me drinking beer on Miller Lite. And so now I got him drinking craft. Nice. So anytime I get a chance to expand his horizons... I would do that, and then uh, fourth person's you. Oh, so we're gonna we're gonna get you a one of those uh, hefty hefty uh, quads that we've got in the back. Nice. I will definitely take one home and I may show one to the audience. Jeff, what about you, man? Man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a total left turn from where Jamie went. I, if I'm having a beer with a group of people, it can be anybody you want. Historically, whatever, dead or alive, it's your choice. I'm looking at like Shakespeare. Ooh. Uh, um, who else did I have on the list? Uh, Bukowski, uh, throw in uh, Churchill. Oh, nice! And um, and one other person in there. Um, oh, I had it. I had it. And I almost lost it. Mark Twain. Because I've just got. I would just love to listen to people that smart and that snappy just talk trash to each other for about an hour and a half over beers. All right. All of those people, like the quotes that they have historically, especially about drinking, would just. I would be in heaven. Like that's, I think that like the the middle school level trash talk that we have amongst the owners here is okay, but I would love to see what like the true professionals would be. All right, I started question one with him. I'm starting question with two with you, Jeff. All right, what would that beer be? Oh, if I was drinking anything, uh, the thing I've been craving lately is um, the Bruges Zop, small brewery in Bruges. Gorgeous location, old brick building, right in the little canals there, and the Bruges Zot. It's got this like creepy jester logo, but it's just that bright light, low gravity kind of Belgian entry beer. Uh, that would be the beer for me. Getting all these guys around in that setting. Nice. What about you? I'm going on seasonal lager. <laughs> one of your own. That makes it's sense. One of my own, and uh, I guess you know I'm like more of a simpleton. So <laughs> I'm going. First of all, my grandmother's not gonna. She's not gonna take a. Belgian as a first beer, um, and so I'm going unseasonal. Nice, because you're sharing your beer with your that's people. Right. That's right. All right. So well, that's I also think too, like you're making your grandma pay for your beer. Like that's that's just that's you. That's you, man. <laughs> Forgot my wallet. <laughs> Sorry, grandma. Who gets? I know you're back from the grave, but guess who's paying? <laughs> I mean, right. that five dollar check you sent me on my birthday. <laughs> right. Question three. Um, who's the coolest person you've met in craft beer? 
No owners, no co-founders, none of you guys. Right. No, nobody, no one at Arches. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. It wouldn't cool. be us anyway. Coolest person I've met in craft beer. I, 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 I'm drawing a blank. Uh, so, so I was told, we were told, that this industry is 95% asshole free, and it's living true to its name. But I'm going to have to go with uh, Eric from Wild Heaven. Because Eric's a listener, so shout out to Eric. So, yeah. so Eric, uh, he he got us out of a jam. We 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 were in dire straits and needed some yeast and and some uh, a little bit of education, and we got it through Eric. We got it through Wild Heaven. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put a big shout out for him. Shout out to Eric Johnson. Shout out to Nick Purdy, the crew over there at Wild Heaven, man. Good guys, brewing some good beer. What about you? Well, and, and to tack on to what Jamie said, you know, it wasn't just helping us out of a jam, but then just the bonus information and camaraderie that he gave us on that was awesome. Uh, I think for me, the thing that turned the page for me into craft beer was uh, I'm, I'm a Michigan State alumni, but I'm also a Tulane alumni. So uh, the beer of choice there when I got to college was Abita, right? And yeah. Abita, not quite blown up to the size that they were. Their tasting room was a lot like the room that we're in right now, which is basically like a half kitchen, half office with a bunch of kegerators. And their deal was as long as you could talk beer, and stand up, you keep drinking. And so PJ uh, was an Irishman that they had as one of the head brewers for a while. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. But, man, he, he introduced me to a whole lot of kind of the fundamentals of craft beer and brewing because I wanted to keep drinking. And so my <laughs> friends were like, you're the chemist, so you got to keep talking. And if, if you can keep him going, we can keep drinking. We uh, I remember one of, the, one of the times we were there hanging out with him, I told him, you know, your Bach, right? So Abita does a lot of lagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that was an inspiration for me learning how to brew lagers. I was like, your Bach's amazing. Uh, it just went out of season. I can't find it anymore, but it's by far, hands down, my favorite beer. And he's like, I got two cases in the back I was going to take home, but it's yours. So he just handed us a couple cases of Bach. I took it. it was, and it was literally, as a college kid, as if I had struck gold. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, shout out to PJ. That was, uh, that was kind of formative for me in the craft beer movement in my life. All right, then we'll stick with you, Jeff. Question four. What has been your proudest moment? Ooh, in life or in beer? We'll say life. Um, I, uh, in life, I used to be a really angry kid. I had a really tough kind of emotional childhood. And one day I just kind of said, you know what? Being angry all the time is not getting me anything. Uh, it's okay to be frustrated about things and, and, and be mad about things that are going on, but I was kind of like, you know what? All of this anger that I'm carrying inside myself is just not helping me. Uh, it's pissing off people around me. It's ruining the possibility for good relationships, and it's ruining my enjoyment of life. And so I said, you know, I'm just going to... Literally, the thought process in my head, I was standing on the corner uh, of Ferret and... Uh, what was it? I can't remember right now, but I was on the corner of Ferret and something in downtown New Orleans, and I just kind of looked up. I was like, the day's too beautiful to be this pissed off, so I'm just going to put this down. I left it on that street corner, and, and, and ever since, you know, life's been a lot easier for me. Wow. Tell the story. See if you can stop it. <laughs> okay. Uh, question again? Was proudest that... moment in life. Proudest moment in life. I'd say yesterday was the proudest moment in life, but it's today. So I look at what we've accomplished here, uh, and we're all... all five of us are in our lives and every day just is a prouder day than the last day. Alright. So this today. Question five. What was your first craft beer? Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Ale 
It's their barley wine. It's mm. 1995. I drove from Texas all the way to Chico to get it. Wow. And that's what started for me. That's like before GPS, before... <laughs> <laughs> I got lost in the Nevada. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a hell of a story. <laughs> oh, for me, not as exciting. My first craft beer was a Beta Amber. Uh, frat party. First weekend at Tulane University, fresh out of high school. They didn't even have kegs of... of Beers that shall not be named. It was just like Abita, Abita, or more Abita. And I was like, hey, beer's not as bad as everyone says. I can get behind this. Question six Where do you see Arches in three years? In three years, I see Arches in all of the major craft beer outlets here in the state of Georgia. I see us in the bars that you think about when you think about someone's coming to town, I gotta take them to a great beer bar. I see us in cans across the state and if we push the right buttons based on our location maybe one or two flights from Atlanta to somewhere you know maybe uh, maybe when I go visit my family in Boston I can I can grab myself an unseasonal in a can on that flight I'm not saying anything Delta I'm just saying we're right here you can come over come on let's hit it Jamie Final I'm going to have to say I'm, I, I see Arches in three years in a different state than Georgia Mm. I don't know what state that is. There's a, there's a couple. Obviously, there's five, uh, you know, front runners because <laughs> of uh, how many states that that border or are in close proximity. But I do see us uh, at some point. Our, um, our production level will be greater than what I think Georgia can sustain because we're such a young state getting into the beer scene. Um, so I think we'll have to look at another state. Nice. To, and to pick up some of that production. That's badass. And then, real quick, tell everybody, whichever one you want to do, where can we find you on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those fine places? So, yes, all of that. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, so, so Facebook, Arch is Brewing. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. I'm not the social media guy, so we really need Ryan here. See? But, we divide and conquer. But um, I do know that we, that we follow all major social media outlets. Um, we do have accounts uh, at all of them. Yeah, guys, if you go on to Facebook, go on to Twitter, um, go on to Instagram. com. Yeah. Start there. Nice. And you guys update your tap list pretty regularly, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Can you let people know what's going on? And special events and, you know, where we might be festival-wise. Start with the website and then go from there. Find it all. Yeah, the website's actually really good because we have a, a functional calendar of when we're closed for private events, too. Because, of course, people can run out the space, too. So you can see... We're blocked out on the calendar when, you know, one of the local businesses that supports us has a private event or stuff like that. So that's also helpful. Nice, guys. I want to thank you for doing the show. Thank you for doing the six-pack. Real quick, is there anything else that we need to know that we didn't cover that people just need to be aware of coming for Arches? Not that I can think of. Just always keep in mind we do seasonals. Um, you may have to come to Hayfield to get them. Drink beer. Absolutely. I was going to say our next seasonal is about to launch in a couple weeks, uh, Winter's Night. It's a Munich Dunkel, dry roasted, uh, dark lager, uh, perfect for what is our instantaneous winter here in Georgia. It was 85 degrees last week and now 50 and raining. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be the next seasonal lager we have coming out. So keep your eye out for it. All right, guys. Once again, here it is. We're here at Arches. Really big thanks to Jamie and Jeff, two of the five pillars. Rocking it and doing it. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Tobias. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys, this beard is. We're out. Yeah.